come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we have another interview with Palma Lindsay of K Fundamentals. Today she's going to talk to us about transitional kindergarten. Oh, she has so many great ideas. I love her interviews. So we'll turn things over to Palma. Uh, my name is Palma Lindsay. I taught for 37 years. Um, grades pre-kindergarten through eighth. Most of those years were in kindergarten. My last three years, I taught a combination TKK combo. And I actually like that the best. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. But um, now, currently, I present to teachers um, across the country and in Canada. Um, I have like 25 different seminars that I do for teachers. Um, I blog. I pin, I post, I tweet, and none of that would have made any sense 20 years ago, right? <laughs> well, but I really love presenting. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? What's your blog again? Uh, it's K Fundamentals. K Fundamentals. Um, I should remember this. <laughs> Kfundamentals.blogspot.com okay. and I'll spell it for you. So it's K-F-U-N-D-A-M-E-N-T-A-L-S. Kfundamentals.blogspot.com But you can also look for Kfundamentals on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter. And um, I also participate every Tuesday night in a Twitter chat hashtag teacher friends all one word and you can find me there um any tuesday night and it's always archived so hashtag teacher friends is a, another place you can find me oh, that's fun that's fun to know about and tonight you're joining us because you're the transitional kindergarten expert <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that but i i can help you out with some of your questions definitely can you start by telling us a little bit about how transitional kindergarten is different from kindergarten absolutely um especially since i taught kindergarten for many years and kindergarten ha itself has evolved over the years um, into what used to be first grade. Mm -hmm. um, but T TK, or transitional kindergarten, um, I would always tell people it's not just kindergarten light. It's not just, oh, you, you cut back some of the standards. It's actually a different approach. Um, when you research it, uh, you'll find that it's recommended that the entire rhythm and pacing of your day should be different. It should be based on oral language and concepts of emotional and social development. And yes, we want them to learn letters and numbers, but that's secondary to uh, social and emotional development, learning about literature, um, interacting, developing oral language, and really understanding how to function in school. Uh, we do want to prepare them, though, for kindergarten. And so, of course, you want to integrate letters and numbers and all of that in there. But you want to do it in a playful manner. Uh, it's designed to be like a bridge between preschool and kinder. And there really isn't a mandated curriculum for it. Mm -hmm. um, most districts have, have gleaned from preschool foundational standards and kindergarten common core standards to create their own. 
But the emphasis should definitely be on oral language development, um, literacy immersion, and a number sense. Um, yes, we want them to learn numbers, identifying numerals, but we want them to get a sense and a feel for numbers so that they can inter uh, internalize uh, concepts, concepts of more, less, mm -hmm. a little bit more, a little bit less. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I always find that students who had siblings understood that concept better than any, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what were your goals for your TK students versus goals for maybe a kindergarten classroom by the end of the year? Right. Um, well, in like the last three years that I taught, I taught the combination class, TKK. Mm. Uh, my goals for my TKs were that they would be able to seamlessly uh, transition into kindergarten knowing already how to sit and listen, how mm -hmm. to follow directions, and how to also work with other children and collaborate with other children. Uh, many of the students I taught were English language learners, but let's face it, even if you were born in this country and you spoke English from day one, you're only five, mm -hmm. so you're still an English language learner. Uh -huh. <laughs> So I was developing oral language um, as much as possible. And they really want you to have, teach TK in a playful way. Mm -hmm. they, there's three Ps they want you to focus on. They want it to be planned, mm -hmm. purposeful, and playful. Mm -hmm. And if you're teaching in a playful way, then you've got lots of opportunities for oral language, lots of opportunities for collaborating and cooperating. Mm -hmm. um, the room environment should be engaging. Um, and it should include lots of centers and opportunity for choice, because if they don't have that opportunity to choose, they will not be able to make decisions then when they get to kindergarten. Mm. Um, so my goals academically, though, I had, I had those goals as well. So basically, I wanted to introduce them to the letters, but they did not have to master all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the sounds went, I focused mostly on the consonants. Um, I wanted them to all be able to write their name. Um, I wanted them to have a sense of numbers, at least through 10. They didn't have to add and subtract, but they had to understand about sets mm -hmm. and more and less, things like that, mm -hmm. um, and identify numerals. Um, but we also did a lot with science and social studies and the arts. But on top of everything, the most important thing was the social and emotional development. Mm -hmm. I'm kind so of... I used to Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'm curious, could you give an example of maybe something you could do in TK to teach oral language through play? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, something that's really, really typical in um, any kindergarten or TK class would be sharing, for instance. Mm -hmm. So instead of having children just bringing in anything to share, mm -hmm. I would divide my class up and I would take 20% of my class a day. Okay, so divided up into the five days, and each student had um, an assigned sharing day. So mm -hmm. if your day, let's say, was Tuesday, you would bring your shared item in a brown paper bag so we couldn't see it, and you had to prepare three clues about it. Mm -hmm. Now, I also brought, took that one step further because I did have a TKK, so your sharing item had to, be, um, had to start with a certain letter. Mm. 
So, okay. Uh-huh. So let's say they bring in something started with a D. They would give three clues and then we would guess. So that's an oral language activity. Also, a couple times during the day, like right before recess and right before they went home, we would stop and reflect on the day. Um, We would do a shared writing where the children would tell me what to write, and I would write it. I wrote it in a book that they could see on my smart board, Mm -hmm. and they would tell me what to write about the day. And so they were responding with oral language. And then that um, special person of the day illustrated that page. And at the end of the month, I just slapped um, a class list inside the book and the book went home with the first child and they the parents got to read it with them so it was everything we did the month before and discuss it with your child because I wanted that oral language development to continue at home mm-hmm. and then they bring the book back and would go home with the next child and so on so um, I produce things like that and I have them on my teacher teacher store things like that that people could um, they could go look at it and make your own or you could they could look at it and buy mine mm-hmm. um, but I, I had lots of opportunities for uh, reflecting and verbalizing lots of centers that were interactive I always set up a store it might be a, a florist shop or a, a coffee shop or a home center or um, goodness we, even, we had a candy shop for mm-hmm. February we would have a, a gold pretend jewelry shop for St. Patrick's Day and, and so that they would have an opportunity to talk and it was, they were adorable they would you know they'd make their purchases and they would say thank you come again and I'm like <laughs> wow they heard that somewhere I know I know um, lots of stuff like that um, we also had a class mascot Boomer Boomer mm-hmm. sat in the library all week and you could read to Boomer, but on Bo- on Friday, every Friday, Boomer went home with a different child, mm-hmm. and their parents recorded what they did in the book, and they got to come in and come back on Monday and share with us what Boomer did. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, I've had Boomer, I've got Boomer now um, <laughs> in my home now that I'm retired, but he has gone to Paris, he has met wow. Britney Spears, <laughs> He's gone to the nation's capital. It's unbelievable where Boomer has been and what he's done. But all of those are language activities that you could be doing with children. Did you have Did you have a full day? That was my focus. Did you have a full day transitional kindergarten or half? I did did not. Now, usually, um, whether you have full or half day is dependent on what you have in that district already for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Usually they mirror a kindergarten program mm-hmm. unless a district chooses, if they have a full day kinder, they might choose to have a half day TK. Mm-hmm. And then what they'll do is use that teacher for the other half of the day to do perhaps RTI in another grade level. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to use the teacher that way, they might do it. Personally, I think full day is, is too much for most TK students. Mm-hmm. Uh, every child's different. But, um, you know, that was the, the beauty of having a TKK combo um, was that I could take a child that wasn't ready for something. Let's be sad, a kindergartner who just really needed more work on just developing sentence structure. Mm-hmm. I could call them up and have them uh, meet with me in a small group setting, and I, they can do a, a lesson on something that I would have been doing with my TKs. And on the other hand, if I've got a TK student that's ready to read, I could call them up and have them meet with a typical kindergarten group. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked having that 
flexibility. It kind of gave me a non-graded classroom, mm -hmm. and I just had to test them uh, on their specific skills. I needed to test my TKs on the TK skills and my Ks on the K skills, which had a, they had a lot more skills mm -hmm. to cover than my TKs. Absolutely, yeah. It sounds like a it sounds like a fun classroom to teach. It sounds like it was very fluid and very based on specific skills. It sounds like a fun room to be in. I loved it. I it was hard for me to retire because I absolutely loved teaching, mm -hmm. um, and I loved that TK experience. And if you're happy and you're not bored and you've got this you know enthusiastic attitude, that's going to come across to the children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, we, we, the, I had students that, you know, would cry. Well, I'm sure lots of teachers have this. They, the students cry when they are sick and they have to stay home. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't want to go to school, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Did you, did you run into any typical concerns that teachers have when they get a transitional kindergarten job that you could, you could help us out with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one of the concerns was um, it, if it's going to be a full day TK program, is that child ready for a full day program, especially in the fall? Lots of kindergarten students have trouble in the fall with mm -hmm. uh, a full day. And some districts don't even start full day until after Halloween or, or even after um, the winter break. Mm -hmm. um, another problem that we often saw was you would have somebody enroll their child in TK and come right in and say, uh, my child can read and they shouldn't be in TK. Not really understanding it's a social emotional experience. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, and so we would start them in TK and we would sh try to show the parents and educate the parents about the developmental steps that that child needs before they move on. They might be reading, but they don't know how to make friends or they mm. don't know how to share and so getting and getting parents to understand the program um, also another challenge is you do have to assess children and it's a big part of the TK curriculum and the foundations when you read about um, what a TK program should include it should include formative and uh, formative assessments starting mm -hmm. at the very, very beginning so that you can, you've got benchmarks. And, um, you know, they're four years old. It's hard to test a four-year-old. Yeah. Most of the time it has to be done one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you're familiar with ESGI. I always use ESGI because um, that's an online testing uh, website and I purchased it my first year because I was like, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. and my district purchased it after that and they got bigger discounts but i i was able then to just take my ipad or a laptop around and just ask a student an individual student just a few questions like sweetheart what's this letter or which set has more and i would show them you know pictures or show them on a table teddy bear counters and i could just quickly click and record their answers but esgi generates so much data mm -hmm. so um that's something I always used. Uh, my students actually begged me to test them. Please test me now. Because <laughs> it was a game. So yeah. you have to have that assessment, but you have to make it fun. Um, so I went ahead and I've even created tests for ESGI, but you can also make your own tests. So I loved it. Um, 
and I loved having a combo class. So some teachers are really concerned because they might not have enough TK students at their school to generate a full class, and they'll be asked to teach a combo, and it's not the end of the world. It, it can be a real blessing. Yeah, it sounds oh. like it was for you. Did How did yeah. you assess their social and emotional development? I'm curious to decide who who was appropriate for the TK class? Well, I took the preschool foundational standards and they have them for 48 months and they also have them for 60 months. Mm -hmm. So you can look and see which ones you want to choose. And then using ESGI, what you can do with ESGI is you could put the question in for instance, like um, shares with others. Mm. You can actually put that down and then you click yes or no for each individual child, mm -hmm. takes turns, completes their work, whatever those skills are that you want to um, assess, you can just put them in there. Um, so yeah, it worked out really well. And then you, you also have to know that it's part of a two-year program, mm -hmm. TK. Mm -hmm. It's a two-year program. They go to kindergarten the second year. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why you're not too stressed about, well, they don't know all their letters. Well, they don't have to know all right. their letters. They're going to kindergarten next year. Right. Right. What did your schedule look like in your TK classroom? What was the, what would an example um, of a daily schedule be? Um, well, I'll tell you a little bit about a half day and a full day. So okay. um, half day was super easy. Um, about 30 minutes, whole group in the morning, celebrating everybody, maybe doing some calendar activities, and always, always um, literature. Mm. And then for an hour, um, I would meet with different skill groups in a small group setting, and those groups changed all the time. I was doing a skill, I would look at my data and see who needs that skill, and I'd call those kids up. But while I'm doing that, everyone else was doing a fun, activity that maybe would take an average child about 20 minutes to do at a table on their own independently something fun they're making a little craft or completing some kind of little cute little seasonal project when they're done they just held their project up or walked it by me where I was teaching and if I gave them a thumbs up because it looked somewhat complete mm -hmm. That meant they could put it back on their table and go to any center in my classroom. And I always had more centers than I had children. Mm -hmm. And every center had little numbers by them and the numbers indicated the maximum number of students that could be there. Mm -hmm. So when you're done with your work, you just go and go. They were all playful centers that had an academic emphasis. So you might be working with, you know, at the store, but everything at the store was a penny. So you sort of had to like add that up mentally in your brain. If I, you mm -hmm. bought three things, I have to give you three pennies. Mm -hmm. um, or there would have, there'd be letter matching, or um, you could find your name on the chicka chicka boom boom tree, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. But um, then I would call children up to work with me and that, that, so that lasted an hour. So you're doing an independent activity, you're going to centers, you're meeting with me on skills. And then we always came together for some reflection. What did you learn? Who wants to tell us what you learned this morning? And go to recess. And after recess, we did the same basic thing again, but my um, small group lessons are, were more collaborative lessons and they were based on science or social studies or arts. 
So they would maybe I would maybe have a small group come up and work on a project together. Maybe mm-hmm. they would make the props for the Three Bears story, mm-hmm. or they would uh, draw the setting, or, and include the weather so mm-hmm. that we have the science skills in there. And then again, at the end of the day, come together for a whole group and reflection, oral language, and literature, mm-hmm. and closure for the day. Um, for a full day schedule, let's say it was eight to two, mm-hmm. um, start with whole group. Again, we would do our small group time with an independent activity and center time and go to, re- you know, come together again for reflection, go to recess. Uh, and we would do the other part of the half day session where we would do social studies and science. But then after lunch, we would maybe have our specials, our computer labs, mm-hmm. our science labs, our PE classes, anything your school has that's special. Mm-hmm. And then I would also take that time for children to work in um, on a special group project that you, you might do with the, maybe the whole class. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'd play a game. Um, but we would just basically stretch out the day that way and always coming together at the end of the day for um, reflection and oral language and literature. And debrief. And debriefing, yeah. And you, yeah. when you debrief at the end of the day, um, then when the child goes home and somebody says, so what you do at school today, you're less likely to get nothing. <laughs> you're more likely to get something because you just talked about it. Because they practiced. Um, and that was also, uh, exactly. It's also a really good time of day to use things like, I used Heidi songs because mm-hmm. they're so, oh, if you've ever been to that website, HeidiSongs.com, she's got all kinds of movements and songs to go with letters and numbers and makes it so playful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used Go Noodle. Um, some other fun things I did, I used my Show and Tell apron from ShowandTellAprons.com. Those mm-hmm. are learning aprons and they're pockets where you put letters, numbers, sequence cards, and just make le- learning so much fun. Um, things like that, um, you know, just trying to make it, um, very, very age appropriate. Um, you asked me earlier too about, um, oral language development and, Mm -hmm. you know, we want, we want children writing, but it's, I feel it's inappropriate for TKs to be writing. Mm -hmm. However, you might have one or two or even more that are really ready to be writing or maybe they're already writing. Mm -hmm. So I like to give them picture cards. They come up in a small group setting. I would meet with them um, and give them, uh, they get to pick a blue card, a pink card and green card. And the pink one was always a noun. So let's say it's baby and there's a picture of a baby and the word baby Mm -hmm. written on lines. And then Mm -hmm. the green one was always a verb. So it might say sang. And there's a picture of somebody singing. And then the blue one was one more noun for the predicate, like a place. And it might say, it's not my saying mailbox. So maybe this is going to be near the mailbox or under the mailbox or by the mailbox. For my TK that's not ready to write, they would just glue those picture cards down and tell me a sentence. Mm -hmm. And there's a million sentences, right, you can make Mm -hmm. with those three cards. Mm -hmm. But then my Ks would come up and they would actually write the sentence. And Mm -hmm. I would help them with the extra words they needed. So, um, I bet you came up with some funny those sentences kinds of differentiating a task. Oh yeah. yeah, they were, and they, but the sillier the sentence, the more fun they had. So it's another example too, of making it playful, making learning playful for TK. And if they were ready to write, well, honey, there are lines at the bottom. Let me show you how to write that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, that that's kind of what TK is. It's like, you know where they need to go for kinder. So what, how can we give them a foundation in a playful way? 
-hmm. and develop their social skills and oral language. Well, thank you for sharing. Do you have any last words of wisdom for anybody who's starting out in transitional kindergarten this year? Um, <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> I would go online. I know, I know. There's um, On Facebook, there are transitional kindergarten groups. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions, concerns, um, you, you just type in your question there and there are 20 teachers will reach out and, and try to help you. So I would I would uh, seek help mm. if I was a new transitional kindergarten teacher. Um, and one of the places you could do that would be on Facebook. Um, go to transitional kindergarten blogs and any other teachers in your district that might be teaching TK. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't try to go it alone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, and it could be the best... You know, I've, I've heard all these teachers that say, oh, my goodness, I got TK. I don't even know what, where to begin. It could be the best thing that ever happened to you. It really can. It, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, getting the opportunity to, to share my thoughts. Um, there's lots of great stuff online. Um, you can even get... Like I said before, there aren't TK standards, but you can get the preschool foundational standards and the kindergarten common core and get them both and pull from it what you like and, um, and then create your own, your own activities in your classroom. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Right. And we'll have to have you back again. <laughs> Thank you so much, Palma, again, for being on the podcast and talking to us about transitional kindergarten. And thank you, everybody, for listening. So before we go, I'd like to talk about Waterford Early Learning Program. It's a program that um, the state of Utah is one of the choices for the literacy grant that schools can apply for. And I love Waterford. I've used it since, okay, a long time ago. <laughs> the trainer that came to train me was a kindergartner the year that Idaho adopted the grant in um, Idaho and I was a teacher in Idaho and I said oh I was teaching when Idaho first adopted this and she said I was a kindergartner <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's a great program and I've done it for years and years and I've seen great success and if you're a teacher in Utah and you want to get the technology grant to pay for it you can look them up at waterford.org and get more information and if you're not a teacher in utah and you want to find out more you can still look them up at waterford.org i don't have the technology grant for them so i'm trying to get a donor's choose for them you can do that too and they have a lot of great research that shows the effectiveness yeah well they've it's been around for years, so they've been able to follow kids for years and show that all the kids who've been on the program have been really successful. So we love the Waterford Institute. But thank you again, Palma, and thank you everybody for listening. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators.
by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?